I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This pod, because everything has a Wikipedia page, doesn't it? But this podcast probably doesn't. Not yet. Like a silken whift, she drifts through society, oblivious to Nugent's crusty bread and defibs. I don't know where that was going, really, with that, but what here she is. What you're saying is she's a complete enchantment. <laughs> and absolutely. Well, that's it. You said it in one word. Who is it? It's Melanie C. It's so lovely to have you. I had more, actually. Oh, did you? Her talent flying rampant yet. That's nice, isn't it? Yes, like, playing that. She strides with vigour towards the sun. Obviously, throughout my career, I've had many, many introductions, but nothing like that. But none that would bring you to tears like no. that. And I can see you Absolutely. weeping now. I, I, I do feel emotional. Most of them are quite... Wikipedia-esque. Oh, just ladies and gentlemen. Which that is, is not. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. right. she so done this? Yeah. When, when she runs around yelling girl yes. power. Yes. That's but the did general you know, one. Did you know you have this many, you know, world records and number ones with the Spice Girls? Yep. Of course yeah. I do. And, and is, is the Wikipedia accurate or is it just half accurate, do you think? Some of it surprises me. I think people go on it to have a bit of fun, don't they? And put some really random on bits and pieces Wikipedia. on Wikipedia? Yeah. I've never actually looked at mine, ever. I've got no interest. Well, it's, I wrote it also. <laughs> can you at- attach lies to it yourself? I think anybody can access it and add to it. Yeah. So obviously, people so it's do it basic. for entertainment. So I could put a, a load of old tosh made up by anybody. So I could put a load of fiction in about myself. Yeah. yeah. I actually think you should write your own. I oh, think yeah, that'd be quite well, a funny. No, it's making me think I might have a look. You should yeah. have a, a bit. Shouldn't it should be written in your introductory <laughs> style? Anyway, should we go back to our guest, who is an enchantment, <laughs> incredibly talented and wonderful person? Now, I know, for instance, that you quite like um, you like exercise. Yes. You know, uh, 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 but do you are you keen on travel? I am keen on travel, but it's a funny thing, isn't it? Being a musician, when you're able to travel, because I find most of the travelling I've done has been for work. So it's, I could do with doing a bit more leisurely travel, you know, and I have taken many forms of transport. Oh yeah. I'm not that into cars, into cars, like I appreciate them, but yeah, I've, my car's 14 years old and everyone takes a piss out of me and I love it and I can't part Who with it. Who takes a piss out of you with a 14 year old car? Well, my brother is really into cars. He was a racing car driver. What sort he, of racing car? He was in the British Touring Car Championship. But he has, he's driven in lots of, of different um, cars and now he presents on that and he does lots of coaching for young drivers and works with different manufacturers. So he's a 
proper petrol head. But there's lots of other forms of transport. Are you keen, for instance, if, if somebody said, oh, well, you've got to go somewhere, it's a boat, a train, a plane, a walk, a cycle, what, would, what, sort, of, what sort of things do you like? I'm really enjoying my bike at the ah. moment. Of course, we're in that glorious time of the year when cycling is pleasurable. Mm. I'm a fair weather cyclist, but I've done a few triathlons, so um, I do like to get on my bike and I'm actually doing a race, which is quite ridiculous. I'm doing something, it's to do with the Olympics and there's lots of different people who are doing this virtual race. And I was invited to do it, which I thought would be really fun. I did one last year and there was some athletes, some ex-athletes and some celebrities. And it went really well. I came third. I was very pleased with myself. But this time round, I've just realised that it's just athletes and me. And I think sometimes... Well, that's a bit unfair. Get I them think, to sing a song, say how well they do with that. Yeah. I think people get a bit confused because I'm called sporty that they actually think I am. <laughs> really not. sporty. So it's like Paula Radcliffe, <laughs> so Chris Hoy and yeah. James Cracknell and me. You should say in your Wikipedia, <clears throat> it was supposed to say spotty. <laughs> 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 so uh, did you, when you were a young girl, did you go around on a push bike then? Do you know what? I didn't cycle much as a kid. I did, I remember falling off my brother's BMX. I've got quite a big scar on my knee, which reminds me of that day, that fateful Tell day. us about the incident. Yes, was it, was it your first cycle ever? So I always wanted a bike. I mean, we didn't have much as kids. Um, and I always wanted a bike and he got a BMX. Oh. I used to have, I wanted a chopper. Yeah. But I think I ended up with like a kind of fake-ish wannabe was chopper. Was it a tomahawk? It was a tomahawk and yeah. it was gold. Yeah, no, nice color, that though. was like the lesser, yeah. the, the, like. the lesser spotted. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, that is what I'd had, and I feel like for some, but maybe this was my blue rally had like a butty box on the back, you know, yeah. like a plastic yeah, nice. white box. But I did love my bikes. He had a BMX, and I was riding it on the back alley behind the houses opposite where we grew up, and it was quite um, what would you call? I want to say shale. What would you call that? Shingly, it was kind of stony of, yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah, gravelly. And I did like a bit of a skid yeah. and ended up, yeah, taking off the top of my knee. And ah. you still got the scar now. I do, yeah, it's a killer. Do you know, I was just about to start secondary school. So I remember I was uh, in your first year, which is now year seven, isn't it? And on my very first day, I had to go and see the nurse because I had to have my dressing changed. Oof. So I have like really vivid memories of that yeah. whole experience as well. When you're a kid, you're just so fearless, aren't you? And like, I remember like like walking up with the bike to the, to the, you know, the steepest hill we could find and then flying down it. And it was, you know, this is a road as well. There could have been cars coming. Like now I don't like going downhill. I'd actually rather no, go would... uphill. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather just go stick on the flat. But I remember when I was a kid, we used to, there were some factories near us, and we used to take our bikes up onto the roof. And it may have been a mattress factory or a, I don't know, maybe a donut, fa something soft. But we used, <laughs> we used to ride on our bikes off the end of the factory, and oh then our bikes would go flying forwards, and we'd drop onto some softness. I can't remember what it is. May have been marshmallows. Yeah, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I'm trying to have a clear out, and then so I've got all these things in the hall, mm -hmm. and I think, oh, well, I can't clear that out. Oh, well, that's a good thing. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, the thing goes in the box, and it goes back in, and you put it, but well, where's I going to put that? And in fact, it's led to, the idea of having a clear out has led to just a mess everywhere. Yeah. Do you Don't ever get think involved. About, Don't get involved, that's what I say. Do you things. ever think about things like that, that when, you, when I perish... 
this is all my stuff going to be sorted through and like people are going to find that all this rubbish mm-hmm. and what are they going to do with it well we've been planning that melanie and i and what we're <laughs> going to do is we're going to be putting it on um a you have four oxes pulling yeah. a great cart and we put it on there and we take it to a great pyre and then we drink very delicious wine with incense, we circle it and then we set light to it. Oh, so it's a ceremonial... Uh, Burning, yeah. Yeah, because I was thinking of tipping all my stuff over a cliff. Well, unless it's, <laughs> unless it's any value and then we might take it to the auction. <laughs> I'll find the nearest quarry. But it is incredible how much crap you keep, isn't it? And yeah. I always do that thing, when I'm having a clear out, I think, right, I'm going to be ruthless this time like if you're moving house or something you go through everything don't you and then you look at something and you haven't obviously used it for like two four five ten years whatever mm. but you never know you might need it you go well, you know what i've not used it i'm gonna get rid of it but then a week later you need it exactly so that but the, the feng shui people say of course you look at it or there's another there's a feng shui there's a woman that writes these books is it she called? i think it is exactly yes. and she is says you've got to look at the object mm-hmm. and then you've got to think is it beautiful do i love this object does it serve a purpose well that's all very well but something like what you're saying which is what i find all the time it, like that old safety pin it's not really beautiful i don't really need it but maybe next week i will yes. yeah so, so you're a harder yes i am yeah i yeah. am too and, yeah. but yeah but that's if that safety pin's got a sentimental value you know mm-hmm. but somebody told me that the big trick was your place for everything and if it doesn't have a place stick it in the bin what about having an open burglary day if you know <laughs> that you can you know <laughs> that's a good idea help you come around and help yourself yeah. <laughs> yeah that is a good idea yeah in feng shui going back to that i just here's the other tip was i was reading about mirrors I don't know if you have mirrors in your where your placement of mirrors are, mm-hmm. but apparently they mustn't reflect something that's untidy. It doubles really? the untidiness vibration. So, so you to don't the, have to, any... Uh... To the point where if you've got a wardrobe door and there's a mirror on the inside of it, if when the door is shut, your clothes are all hanging untidily, then the vibrations while you're sleeping are bad. Well, I've also heard that you shouldn't have a mirror facing you when you sleep. Oh, wouldn't surprise well, me. about so. reflecting bad thoughts or, no, or bad dreams or, or, or because something. you might inadvertently step up and walk in through it to the underworld. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a journey. Yeah. <laughs> the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. I used to have, on the inside of my wardrobe, I had a mirror on the outside, but on the inside I had a picture of Jimi Hendrix, which I used to use as a dartboard. And I love Jimi Hendrix, but, you know, what, do you remember your early wardrobe? Yeah. Well, or no, but, but, or your early wardrobe. And who was on your wall? On my wall, one of my first posters was Adamant. Oh, nice, yeah. Um, yeah right. Child of the 80s. And then Madonna featured heavily. Yeah, not that many posters. See, my daughter's 15, and on her bedroom wall, she's got pictures of The Who and um, the Sex Pistols. Wow. And, um, That's like your age, having people like sort of Fred Astaire on your wall, isn't it? Yeah, but who did you have on your wall? Little Richard. Arthur Askey. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what I did have, which I was really, I don't know, this is my tip, maybe either of you would try this. And I thought this was such a good design idea. I cut out the letter Z, about 10 is letters in Z's your bedroom? In my bedroom. Yeah. And, and one letter Z would say, like the size of my hand, and the next one was like a, a bit bigger than that, and bigger and bigger and bigger, until eventually the biggest Z that I cut out was maybe sort of as big as my arm. And then I stuck them above where my pillow with my bedroom wall was in a, in a way so it looked like when I was asleep, well, you know when yeah. you get in a cartoon and somebody's going, zzz, and they're asleep. 
and I thought that was a really great that thing. And then my, yeah. my, I think my mum said, "Well, you've ruined the wallpaper by this." And I thought it was one of the best things that anybody had ever that's done. A very and good I idea. should imagine that's in a feng shui, however one says it, kind of way. That's probably quite good. That is a feng shui. That's I think that's feng shui. Yeah. What sort of putting the Z's on the wall? Yeah, because then you, you're going to have a, a good sleep. I think that would entice mm. a good sleep having the Z's. Yeah. Yeah. On my bedroom wall, I had. Justin Bieber and what is strange was he wasn't even born <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose people have always in the 18th century they probably must have had something on their wall mustn't they yeah an anecdote well a stitched anecdote now on people's walls you get things like wake up and have a great day that sort of stuff but then it would be all You stitched. don't have to be mad to be working, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but in those days in the 18th century a stitched thing yeah, yes it'd be nicely <laughs> stitched above yeah, yeah. <laughs> home sweet home so what about walking you because you, you said oh wait a minute let's go back to the cycling melanie when you yes. cycle um mm-hmm. uh, what's your what sort of routes do you like do you have a some particular clothing that you wear for cycling deer stalker tweeds <laughs> yeah. well i'm one of those people i'm a little bit all in i can't you know you see like casual people on a bike you know, i i have to wear all the gear you know all the gear no idea kind like of thing. lycra Oh, the kit, yes. Um, well, you're wearing it now, actually. I that... am. I'm in cycling shorts right now, aren't yeah. I? I'm nice. just, you know, always sporty. So, yeah, so I w- will wear all of the gear. I mean, I think the thing is, if you're on a road bike, and cycling in London is quite petrifying. Yeah. But I, I do find, I used to cycle in London a lot more before I became a mum. And then I just got a little bit more safety conscious. Yeah, it makes so, you feel more more safety aware. That's yeah, right. Yeah, Do you have an electric bike or a, or a standard issue? I Well, I have a standard issue. But I do like those little bikes you can just get on the street. You know, the little electric ones. Yeah. yeah. I think they're line bikes now, aren't they? Which yeah. are brilliant. If you get a good one, because they're supposed to just help you along, aren't they? There's a little bit of electric to just yeah, yeah. Like push you up a hill or away at the lights. But if you get one that needs to be repaired, it's just like riding a really heavy bike. So that's part of the exercise. I like the fold-up ones, Mm. but I just don't like the look of them. I like Mm. the idea, but I don't like... I I want a big big wheeled... Can you get a big wheeled fold-up one? Big wheel, it's a big penny farthing fold-up. Yeah, I was visualising a fold-up penny farthing there. Because the Mm. the fold-up ones have little wheels, don't they? Mm -hmm. Yes, I know exactly. Is it called a Brompton? Is that one of them? That's it, yeah. But I like the... You know, I'd rather have a big wheeled bike. Yes. You mean big as in fat wheels? No, no, just like full size. I don't right. know what they call 18 inch wheels. 26, 24 inch. enough. Yeah. Anyway, forget about that. Yeah. that that's, that's just too dull. <laughs> <laughs> Your dreams. Yeah, but in my dreams, I'll have a large wheeled fold up bike. <laughs> it's a dream I have every night. <laughs> right. Tell, give us three really exciting things that have ever happened to you at a bus stop. Oh my goodness. Well, of all forms of transport, I think buses are my least favourite. I think it's because I had to take a lot of them as a kid. A funny bus story in Spice World, the movie, which Jules and I oh, co-starred yeah, in together. Because it was on the bus, wasn't it? We had a bus. Yeah. And a lot of that script actually was taken from things that had really happened to us, like through our crazy year. And we did like a competition winners thing on a bus it, around London you're like an open top um, like sightseeing tour bus and at that time we were so heavily protected we had security everywhere we ever went but we were you know it was just so oppressive that we said let's just run off the bus and we did and we just ran off and you know we, we came back um, as all good you know little runaways do where did you do. run off to? 
I think we just did it to kind of freak them out. We just, what, kind of, sort of, I think we were going over away. on the bridges and then we just had a little run off somewhere. But then we we put that in the movie. I mean, yeah. people, you know, in, when they go around tour around America, because they live on tour buses, don't they? You know, that's quite a, I've mm. done that. That's quite a strange sort of world to be in this isolated great big railway carriage almost, like a Silver Eagle bus. Just goes on and on and on. Oh, those ones in America that they kind of extend. Yes. When you park yeah. out, they're insane. But the funny thing is, I think when you've been on lots of tour buses, you take them for granted, like everything. Mm. You know, they're pretty amazing. They are amazing things. bits of technology, really. Yeah. But when you're having to like sleep on one and then go up and then perform and then go back and sleep on one again, we and so many musicians really snore and everyone likes to have a couple of bevies don't they after a gig which really mm. enhances the snoring so they're not always the best places to get a good kip no i think that's right yeah. it'd be quite a good thing to have a holiday in like you say like if you were doing it and weren't doing a gig you just sort of went around one of those in a holiday might be yeah. quite nice i did once on a tour bus in america with squeeze and it was out in the desert somewhere and we and the driver so we're going to stop for fuel now uh, if anybody wants something to eat and they'd all had breakfast but I hadn't so I said oh yeah I'll just get something to take on so and he's filling up with peels so I wander in and I get this piece of chicken wrapped up in cellophane I thought oh that'd be nice you know. I wander back to the bus think it was a nice day out here very hot and yeah. you know, it's like on this deserty landscape and um get on the bus I'm trying to open the chicken and I can't open the plastic and it's becoming more and more frustrating and I can't and I'm, now I'm hungry and I can't get this plastic open so I just lose my temper with the packaging which is very unlike me but it just drove, drove me mad <laughs> and hurled the chicken down the uh, down the bus and somebody said what's the matter with that I said I can't open it they said well what are you going to do I said I, don't, I can't open it they said well get it off the bus I said yeah yeah get it off the bloody thing so I picked it up at the where the door opened you know the door opened and uh, kicked it with a sort of a professional sort of footballer's kick. <laughs> Missed the chicken and with tremendous speed, my uh, loose footwear came off <laughs> and my foot at a tremendous velocity hit the edge of the door and the edge of the door went between two of my toes at probably Ooh. approximately 100 miles an hour. That's going at. Exactly. Oh, oh, oh. And what's more, the chicken still isn't open, at which point <laughs> I got the chicken ran off got off the bus into the car park and started and got it on the floor and was kicking it and punching it and was lying down and just hitting it with my fists screaming and waving <laughs> and i looked up and the bus had driven off about 50 yards yeah. and and it was just bidding the horn waiting for me and, it, and then somewhere <laughs> in the desert around phoenix maybe there is a missing chelsea boot a beetle boot maybe or a, or, or a jesus sandal i don't know what heel, a high heel yeah <laughs> Lodged in, <laughs> stuck in a cactus somewhere. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Are you a keen tourist? Do you go and see the sights when you're around? Um, not so much, you know. I think I did a lot when I was younger. But now I quite like going to places. And 
going more to like local spots. Do you know what I mean? Trying to find the hidden treasures and things like that. Those big touristy places. Yeah, freak me out a little bit. Too many people. What what sort of a small hidden treasure would you like to? Would you, would you, is your ideal dream find? Well, for me, a lot of traveling is about the food. Oh. So I love going to places in Asia. That's probably my favourite cuisine. And then going to places where the locals eat. You know, re- getting a real taste of the, the place. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. T- I mean, it is great. What a great thing being on tour, and and because you sort of see the world and taste the world and everything, don't you? Yeah. I mean, it's amazing, and it's one of the things throughout. You know, the the difficult year and a half that we've all had that it's really made me stop, think, and reflect about all the wonderful things about what I do. Because you know, I've, for so many years, I've thought it's about performing. You know, it's about being out there. It's about making music. It's about making people happy. And then you just think about the things like getting away from your family all the best bits and the travel and the culture yeah. and all the other things you experience along the way yeah, no, yeah. I think that's, that's half of it that people don't realise that. that's, that's why you're going to play music I think yeah. the, why did you go on holiday when you were a kid my dad was a travel rep when I was a kid. Really? So, yeah, I was really jammy. He worked in France and Spain. So for the whole six weeks in the summer, I'd go away and I'd do little jobs and help him out. And I absolutely loved it. Did he drive there? Yeah. I, this is a funny story. It's, it's funny to me. So he was kind of like, he looked after a region. So I think it was the Costa, it was either Costa Brava, Costa Dorada in Spain. So he'd go around to all the like, the campsites and so we'd be out for the day it was like a little day trip with my dad and he was driving his boss's Range Rover and we had the winds down and the weather's great and we're driving along when we got to the destination the um would you call it the sun visor bit yep. had disappeared and at some point it must have flown out of the window but none of neither of <laughs> no us spotted it be like that happened so then he had to take it back to his boss sun visorless no yeah but I hope he blamed the children that's how, how weird, yeah, it's yeah, probably yeah. my fault. Yeah, I think Melody ate it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'd been in Liverpool. Did you go to Wales on holiday? Because people in Liverpool always go to Wales on holiday, yes, don't they? Yes, they call it the Scouse Riviera, don't they? So how about, I'll go on to this last bit of uh, transport here. What about um, boats and trains? Do you like boats or trains? I do. I like them both. You know, I'd like to do, I'd like to do the Orient Express. You know, those fancy yeah, yeah. old-fashioned trains where you like have lovely food and... Yeah, I, I like the idea of that, but the only thing is that it's, you're then in an enclosed space with the same people for sort of... Well, that's how I feel about cruise ships. Oh, cruise no, ships they... freak me out. Have you been on one? I've, I've worked on one. I've, everything I've ever done, it was work. Um, yeah, so I've only been on one for a night, but the thought of being... Because they're like a village or even like a town yeah. on the sea, aren't they? Being with that many people, again, that you can't escape. I was, it's really funny actually. I was uh, singing, so I was performing with my band, and we were, it was, I I don't know if you ever have this, Jules, but I'm always a surprise. Like when people book me for events, if it's like lots of corporate events, and they're like, oh, stay in your dressing room because you're a surprise. Why am I always a surprise? It means I can't go and have a look around. You know, I'm on a cruise ship. I've got to stay in my cabin. Well, you know, are you not advertised then? <laughs> no, it's a surprise. Oh, so it's if a it's surprise guest. If it's someone's booked guest. me for, yeah, for some event. I, don't, I would hate to be a surprise guest though because... I know that there would be like sighs of disappointment when, when it turned up. On. <laughs> well, that's what always concerns me, especially because you get your big intro, and of course, it's all very Spice Girls heavy. And, and, and then it, yeah. I turn up and I'm like, oh, that and, one. And it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, well, she's my middle favourite one. I was, I was really hoping. <laughs> 
dangerous to be a surprise, it's isn't it? It's awful, isn't it? What if you are a terrible disappointment to well, everybody? I was once. I did a Volvo lorry drivers convention and I turned up and it was just like a heaving gasp of disappointment <gasps> as, no. I, as I stepped on. And they were all like, you know, 70-year-old lorry drivers and their wives who had been really happy Maybe and you having know, their dinner until you came <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> they were having a really nice time, and then I was introduced, and immediately felt like it was a huge disappointment to everyone. But I think that was your. I think that's your perception. They were probably really loving it. They were doing so, <laughs> they but they're so. But and the way you you want to remember the way some people show their surprised face. And I should advise you this, Jim. And you're thinking, oh, they weren't, they weren't very pleased to see me. But some people's look of surprise is very easily confused with disappointment. <laughs> well, well, maybe they were pleased. And, and all the bottles and glasses that I deflected from were a show of approval. Many years ago, I did a little tour and I was supporting Meatloaf, but Status Quo were playing as well. So at the bill, it was it was me, Status Quo, Meatloaf. Such a very random, isn't yeah. it, to have me there I, with I, those guys? But we did this big stadium in uh, Dublin. It might have even been Croke Park, actually, where I played with the Spice Girls. And when you're the first act on, you know, people are milling in. There's not that many people, but you've got your fans, you know. But right in the middle, two people at the front, quote T-shirts on, arms folded, just looking at me with disdain, waiting for the quo. And it's such a funny thing to do, isn't it? Because you think, one, you're waiting for status quo. Yeah. Two, just bugger off. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's Let rude, isn't it? stand in the middle. It's so weird. <coughs> did you say anything? I probably did. I think on stage sometimes, it kind of depends on the mood you're in, doesn't it, and how you're feeling. But sometimes I will be a bit mouthy on stage. If people are rude in the audience as well, that really gets my goat. I could have said to everyone, so these two people want to see quotes, so if everyone wouldn't mind leaving, <laughs> we'll go and do this somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. It's good training, though, I think. That's it is. It's good, All it's of these experiences yeah. make you better at what you yeah. do. There was a fellow when a very early squeeze in 1976 or something supporting Curved Air... Mm. and we walked onto our own footsteps and they, and they weren't really that keen to see us but they were sort of putting up with us you know and there was a man about three rows back from front I say man, young blokes that were sitting around about three rows back and throughout our whole performance he would intermittently with his arms his arms were either both fully up extended with two fingers at the end of each arm, <laughs> just constantly gesturing towards us, or gesturing absurdly overly big yawning gestures, <laughs> and, that, and for the whole of our twenty minutes, sort of we had thirty minutes separate, and it really was quite a footy. But then afterwards, as we did, then we went into the bar. And there he was. Well, doing the same thing. No, he wasn't doing that then, but like there he was. It was like, hang on a minute. And one of the people in Squeeze, I shan't name names, was so delighted to see him there, he immediately ran at him and knocked him onto the floor. <laughs> I mean, he didn't hit him or anything, but he just sort of rugby tackled him onto the floor. Have you ever had anything thrown at you on yes. the stage? One of my first gigs as a solo artist was V99. And I... I'd made this album, my first solo record. I was so excited, couldn't wait to get out there with my band. And I think I was a little bit naive, actually. And at the time, because I think V Festival became quite pop friendly through the years. But back then, I mean, I think I went on after Faithless and Manic Street Preachers were headlining. So it, it was quite a strange lineup and I was positioned really weirdly within it. And um, yeah, I had um, bottles of 
things and I, I in my memory there's a Weetabix but I don't know how you throw a Weetabix because <laughs> no, they're quite light no, no, aren't they that's a nice thing to throw isn't it? <laughs> yeah halfway through the gig nothing at all thank you, <laughs> you should, should have uh, as you're going in say if you're going to throw anything there's Weetabix and Shreddies Sugar Pops here do that if you're going to throw anything <laughs> I don't know why that stays in my memory there was a Weetabix I mean years ago in the punk days I squeezed toured with Eddie and Hot Rods oh, what, was the, what was the singer's name Barry Masters and he would often uh, come on with a pint, which he'd then put at the front of the stage. And I think he played the harmonica a bit and he'd dip it in the pint to keep it sort of moist. And then he'd drink the pint as he was going on. And we were doing these tours and they were, they were around the top rank clubs, but they didn't have seats in them. And it was like all the, all the sort of youth would be standing up. And it was exciting, you know, to do them. And like, but he got really cross because every night he'd go on stage and he'd put this pint of beer down by his monitor at the front and every night he'd do it but he'd come back and somebody would have drunk it he'd say, oh it's just driving me mad that my and beer, the harmonica yeah he <laughs> swallowed the harmonica you know and I, I think anybody might have suggested to him well why don't you put the beer right kind of back a bit at the sort of back of the stage but nobody did suggest that so instead what he would do was use the pint glass uh, he'd be drinking some beer before the show and use the pint glass as a receptacle for his um pre-gig uh relieving himself Shit. no <laughs> no piss which could easily be mistaken of course for a pint oh, of beer no, actually, he would then mistaken. leave that at the front of the stage mm. and he did this for quite a few nights and remarkably it always got drunk. Oh my god! Whoa. Yeah, but that's Whoa. the way to treat. So that's getting back at the audience. I thought yeah. well, it's not a battle here. We're just trying to be. Who was it who was drinking? <laughs> who drank it? You. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I remember I did. This is so bizarre. I was in LA actually working on that first album, and a friend of mine introduced me to Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols. And at the time, he was working with um, two of the guys, Ex Guns and Roses, and a bass player from Duran. Yes. John Taylor. Yes. Yeah. And they were called the New Erotic Outsiders. And they had a residency on the Viper Room on Sunset. And they invited me to go down and sing a couple of songs. So I went down. I think I, I sang a couple of Pistol songs. And all the audience were going mad. And they were all sticking two fingers up at me and spitting at me. And I thought, oh, my God, they hate me. And they're like, no, no, no. That's what they, that's In that, punk, yeah. That's, 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 that's a sign the, of affection. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Well, that's I was going to say. You missed me. Missed we had that. I mean, Squeeze used to have that at first. All the gobbing. It was like they really loved if they're all gobbling at you but people have forgotten those little you, golden moments you couldn't do that these days could no, you no you really couldn't <laughs> no such a shame yeah sure but I like the know. idea of throwing Weetabix if, if you were going to have any breakfast cereal thrown at you which one would you prefer shredded wheat it would be shredded well it Why? depends well it's lighter isn't it I'm thinking about yeah. you know being attacked by I something. quite like the idea of sugar puffs but it'd be a nightmare trying yeah, to get out of your hair afterwards you know on a sweaty yeah. night you'd end yeah. up with sugar puffs all over your face I'd, I'd quite like um <laughs> Bircher muesli. You did what? Bircher oh, muesli. Oh, oh, you would. <laughs> I do remember when we were on tour in the US in 98, the Spice Girls, and we were doing lots of the outdoor, are they called amphitheatres? They do those big, yeah. Yeah. you do those big funny barn things, don't you? And there was these weird insects. You know, they have like, you know, America's just such an incredible country, isn't it? There's so many different climates and things going on there. And it there was these big, I want to say locusts. They obviously weren't locusts. But I just remember being on stage. And of course, you're singing songs. So you're opening your mouth. But you were trying to avoid swallowing these huge insects. Mm. Well, I should say that, curious enough, the next time that happens, I it's the only time when I've seen something curious in a film I might have told you this before but I, I must tell you this now because it might work if you're in that situation again 
squeeze were in a similar situation in America and the insects were coming and I realised and I'm blowing my own trumpet here because it's, but it's the only time anything like this has ever worked when you see it in a film and then you do it I realised it was the lights that were making the insects come towards us ah. and about a week before I had seen the legendary film The Night of the Lepus and a lepus is a rabbit and it was basically this story where this bloke was doing experiments and the rabbits grew to be the size of a room or sort of the size of great beasts and were sort of just munching their way across the country and everything it was quite hard to make a rabbit look menacing and frightening but that's, that was the idea of the film Anyway, to get rid of the rabbits at the end, as they approached this small town and were going to devour it, what they did is they all the people got their cars, turned their headlights on, and and the rabbits came towards the headlights, which is what they do, and then they they turned the railway tracks on and they all got electrocuted, and that was Ooh. how they all So nice. in this, this particular instance, I turned this fantasy film into reality and said, "There's a lot of people. I saw you all park your cars. If anybody could go to their cars, just put their headlights on, and if we turn the lights off here." All the insects, and they did. It was unbelievable. It actually wow. worked because I was having the same thing. There was like insects as big as my head trying to get in my mouth. Yeah, sort of things as big as my hand landing on top of my hand and so trying to play the piano. They all went to the cars. They all went to the cars. Yeah, then the cars, but and then everybody went home and had flat batteries because they left their headlights <laughs> on. Oh, nobody went home. Anyway, night of the leapers. <clears throat> Um, there's quite a good scene where a rabbit goes into a doll's house room trying to look it's trying to look frightening but it just doesn't really yeah I'm not going to watch that film no. <laughs> I might give it I, yeah, I, think, I think you'd be doing the right thing <laughs> <laughs> anyway rabbits are quite menacing do you think have you ever had yeah. a rabbit yeah but never not menaced by I think mine was possessed it was dead cute when it was little and then it got really really big and got really angry it wasn't for those pink eyes they're a bit menacing you could have got uh, the night of a lepus but when you say it was angry what how did the anger show itself like road rage or anything it was it will if you tried to pick it up it would really like kick its back legs and really scratch you up Mm. yeah Mm. it wasn't happy maybe because i didn't clean it out enough what was it called fluffy well, what you it was my first pet. What you could have done with Fluffy is put the headlights of your car on <laughs> yeah. and add a little electric wire and sort of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my brother found it quite stiff. Well, there we are. Yeah, there we are. And on that sad and depressing note, the death of Fluffy, we'll say thank you and goodbye. Thank you so much. The wonderful Melanie Chisholm. Thank you. Well, there she goes, drifting away like a uh, gossamer on a breeze. Yes, and enchanted in the lovely chopper bike that we gave her that she always yeah. dreamed of having no, as no, a no. child. The tomahawk. Yeah, but no, we've given her a chopper because she always wanted a chopper, but got the tomahawk. Yeah, I forgot it? to tell you, we ran out of choppers. I had to give her the tomahawk. Another <laughs> <laughs> <Love a> disappointment. <laughs> this podcast was produced and edited by Molly Stewart. Sound engineers were James Stewart and George Latham. Thank you. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.